Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. I'd like to thank them for coming on again this year. Full show today. It should be a lot of fun. Of course, we had the biggest week, I guess you could call it, in, in NASCAR for the year. They start off big with Speed Weeks, of course, in Daytona. It was Kyle, Kirk Bush, I should say, uh, winning the Daytona 500, of course, Looked like it might be Kyle Busch at the beginning of the race, but a lot of accidents, and we'll we'll talk more about that later in the show today uh, about the Daytona 500. Kurt Busch only led one lap, and he led the one that counted the most. Of course, that was at the end of the race. Uh, Ryan Blaney was second, of course, A.J. Elmendinger third, and a lot of pools and whatnot where it was upset with the wrecks and whatnot that happened. This week, everybody's in Atlanta. We have all three series running in Atlanta, and Kevin Harvick is on the pole. And for those who are wondering about Stuart Haas and their transition to Ford, and you know maybe first half of the season might take them a little bit to get their you know legs going in that, not the case. And uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, Daryl Waltrip was wondering about the changeover, how long it was going to take, but. You know, we 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 spoke a little about uh, a bit about it last week, and and one of the reasons why Ford pursued Stuart Haas is because of their strong engineering, and that is certainly coming to fruition uh, with that team now, with them running so strong in the in the Daytona 500, all basically all week long, all cars, even Danica was running very well in uh, the Clash and in the qualifiers, and was running in the top 15 all day in, until she got caught up in a crash. And then this week, you got have Kevin Harvick on the pole. And uh, once again, it's his 18th pole is first with Ford. And um, Ryan Blaney second. And that's interesting. Ryan Blaney actually is tied with Buddy Baker 
for the lead with the most t- poles at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And it's interesting because Buddy Baker, and they brought this up on qualifying yesterday, was was his driver coach when he first signed with Penske. And uh, it was interesting uh, seeing those two um, get together and Buddy Baker speaking with Ryan early on in his career, coaching him and whatnot. And if there's one guy who could get, get around Atlanta Motor Speedway and especially was – one of the guys you always had to look out for in qualifying, it was Buddy Baker. And uh, Kelly Arborough is second, or tied for second, I should say, after those two with six poles behind the seven of Buddy Baker and Ryan Newman. They Bill Elliott, of course, makes that, that makes sense. Austin Bill from Dawsonville is, of course, a, a fan favorite at Atlanta, and he has five poles. And Fireball Roberts also has five, which is surprisingly because, uh, unfortunately, he lost his life in 1964, and we don't think that Atlanta was around that long. And uh, this week, we'll talk uh, after the break, we'll talk with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. And one of the things I want to chat with him about, and this we've been a proponent for this, is reducing the downforce in the uh, cup cars. And they've certainly done that uh, this week, and it's a lot of fun watching the cars. And uh, hopefully it should be a better show uh, this weekend at Atlanta. The spoiler height has been uh, reduced from 3.5 inches to 2 and 3 eighths inch. And they also reduced the splitter underneath and roughly taking about 40% of the downforce away from the cars. And uh, one guy who loves it is Brad Keselowski. He he mentioned yesterday when you drive into the corner, you you actually feel like a race car driver. Uh, The car just is bucking and and driving all over the place and you're slipping and sliding. And, uh, you know, a lot of things, one thing they always talk about at Daytona is one of the easiest things you can do in a cup car is qualify at Daytona because all you're trying to do is keeping it on the line. And uh, it's it's not much with the driver. It's all about the car. But uh, this this week it should be interesting with Atlanta with uh, the guys like Ryan Newman, uh, Kevin Harvick, guys that can really hustle a car around. We'll see if those guys come to the top. And like I said, we'll talk to Dennis Michelson after the break. So we got a full show for you today. Uh, Dennis Michelson, of course, after – uh, after the break here, and we'll talk to him until the end of the hour or bottom of the hour. And then uh, Laurie Monroe and Dennis return with their take on the NASCAR world, and we'll hear their take at 1235. And then at the top of the hour, we'll have uh, Sparky's uh, Sparky's take. Uh, it's always interesting to hear from a friend of the show, of course, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. And then we'll talk to Eddie Lapine uh, from RacingNation.com. We'll get uh, some of the latest with uh, Formula One testing going on uh, and in the world of sports car racing. And speaking of sports car racing, 135, we had Ryan's, Ryan Eversley calling in, and uh, it should be fun talking to him. He, of course, is driving that new Acura, won a really, really good-looking car. If you get a chance, uh, take a look at the, the final inspection page on Facebook. I got a photo of the car there, one of the better-looking race cars that are on the track uh, today. And then... At the end of the show, we'll have the Kevin Harvick press conference, at, and it's always interesting. We don't play press conferences too often uh, on the show, but uh, when there's guys like Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch or guys that you know that will that kind of speak their mind, we, we'd like to share a little bit of that with the NASCAR fans out there. So should be a good show today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, after the break here, we'll talk with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the fan. 
This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and our friends at the Milwaukee Air and Apple Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Mr. Z-Man, how are you doing on this fine Saturday? I'm doing excellent. Just wondering where the sun went. Well, the sun's out here, but you wouldn't notice it because we suddenly had winter return. I'm, I'm not okay with that well but, the good news uh, it's going to warm up sooner than later yes and the yes and the even better news is that they're getting chamber of commerce weather down at the atlanta motor speedway so apparently mother nature is not mad at nascar this week so that might be a first for the 2017 season well, it was a little chilly this morning i guess but that's to be expected this early in the year yeah you know the brilliance of scheduling an early March event in Atlanta or Hampton, Georgia, where it can either be 75 or 45. They actually had a pretty cool promotion this year, though, that they're not going to have to pay off on. They actually had a guaranteed temperature uh, forecast for the uh, for the race. I think it was 55 degrees. It had to be 55 or warmer and no rain. Uh, otherwise, you would get a, uh, a partial refund or a full refund. I forget exactly how the promotion worked. But they were brilliant in taking this concern about weather and turning it into their advantage. So I, that was, I like uh, that. It was a brilliant marketing move. It is. On Atlanta Motor Speedway. And one of my favorite tracks, quite frankly. That place is just bad, fast. Well, and one of the, the better things about it is the, the, um, the track is aged it's aged properly it's not a new track it's not a one groove track there's a lot of different ways a guy can get or hustle a car around there and uh they have heeded your advice dennis they've reduced downforce the spoiler as i mentioned uh, in the segment prior uh is down from three and a half inches to two and three eighths tony dezino who's on assignment this week uh he he had a um he reposted a, a nate ryan photo of uh, one of the cars, and it looks like the old spoilers back in the late seventies. Just it's a little smaller trim. It's not big. It's a big blade of metal sticking from the back of the car. No, it is a very very small spoiler, and the cars have been really nice and stable at the beginning of a tire run. But as you get older on the tires tomorrow for the Cup race, I think you're really going to see the better drivers come to the front. This is a track where you can really, you know, pick your line. Mm -hmm. Some guys will start out at the bottom early on a tire run because that's still the fastest way around. But they'll be up at that Harry Gant line uh, after about 10, 15 laps on the tire. So look for guys that love to hang it out, as as DW would say, high, wide, and handsome. Uh, Guys like Kyle Larson will be a threat tomorrow to come up from the back. Uh, Clint Boyer. Uh, didn't qualify well, but I bet his car will be uh, good. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the dirt trackers 
uh, are the guys because uh, as the track has aged, it's also gotten very abrasive on these Goodyear tires. So it's going to be a good race tomorrow. I, I think it's uh, this this whole stage thing. We're going to get to see how that plays out, and uh, you know it it is going to be kind of a interesting uh, learning process, I guess you could say. Uh, for NASCAR fans this year to figure out just how these new rules are going to affect the racing, if at all. Uh, I don't want to jump on too much of the stuff that you and Lori are going to talk about in in the next half hour, but one thing with the new points, uh, it got a little traction. A lot of people were talking about it. And I guess this is, you know, this is what they talked about, and we're seeing uh, uh, what, what comes about is with the segment winners and – and who is fifth in points, or is it fourth in points? It's, it's Kevin Harvick, who finished second in one of the segments and won the other ones, and he was rewarded, even though he got wiped out in a crash um, during the Daytona 500, he finished 22nd. He's in the top five in points. Do you and like that? Guys, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because you're, what you're doing is you're rewarding guys that are up there trying to hustle the car. And to uh, to try to to do well in the race from start to finish, versus guys that you know at Daytona and Talladega in the past, guys will just kind of drift to the back, like we saw with Denny Hamlin. Still, we saw Denny Hamlin do that during the race where he he wasn't comfortable with where he was running in one of the segments. I think it was the second segment, and he dropped all the way to the back um, with his teammate who wasn't even on the lead lap just mm-hmm. so they could, you know, keep from losing the draft any worse, knowing that everything was going to reset again. Um, so we saw some bizarre strategy, too, which I really didn't expect to see. I, I didn't expect in the biggest race of the year that you'd have guys gambling on taking a pit stop 10 to 15 laps into a run so they could have pit strategy to be up front at the end of a segment. I, I really did not see that one coming. And we saw actually three different styles of strategy. And ironically, they were really tied into the manufacturers. We saw the Ford guys basically try to split the segment in half. We saw the Chevy guys more or less running like it was a normal race. And we saw the Toyota guys trying to, uh, to try to you know, be the first on pit road so you could, uh, you could have that little advantage of track position at the end. It was just very uh, interesting to see how that all played out. I don't think at the smaller tracks, especially, you know, when you get to the short tracks, you're going to do that because if you pit early, you're going to lose two laps. And if the caution comes out at the wrong time, you're going to be caught a lap down, you know, two laps down. In the case of Atlanta this week, it's I have no clue what we're going to see. I would guess that we're going to see guys just race for track position and the guys that are towards the end of the pack or don't think they're going to finish in the top 10, they might try to pit with a few laps to go and then stay out uh, and get that track position back. But here it's very tough to pit on a mile-and-a-half track and actually get back out. Of course, uh, Jimmy Johnson has won um, the most recently at this track, winning the last two races at Atlanta. I think he's got five wins and then the Bush brothers have, have won well, and that surprised a lot of people may think, you know, may think, oh, Kurt Bush. But, yeah, Kurt Bush, I think, has won three times. But this is the one guy who, I mean, 
we've been saying this for what, I think a year and a half. It's Casey Kane. Casey Kane is three wins at Atlanta, and if there's a, I don't think we can think of another guy who needs a win more at this point in, in his career than Casey Kane. I mean, here's a guy who thought he was going. We we thought he was going to win the Xfinity race at Daytona. I mean, just looking for something. Uh, you know, for a guy to win a race, and he unfortunately came up on the short end of that last week. Can can he turn this thing around? Can he win tomorrow? Well, he is another one of these guys that likes that high line, so it's not much of a surprise that he's he does well here um, because it does favor the guys that are willing to to ride that that outside line. And you know, they just finished up with their final practice, the old happy hour practice, and he was seventh quickest. Now, speeds, I think, are not going to mean a lot because all the cars are within, you know, about a half second a lap. But I think what you're going to see uh, is you're going to see some guys be able to, to hold on to the tires a little bit better. Will that be Casey Kane? I don't know. It, it's Right now, the, the craziest thing that I saw so far from this weekend, when was the last time we saw four of the first six starting positions before it, when are, have we seen seven of the first 15 cars in the field before it? So, you know, this, this whole thing, I, I get such a kick out of some of the so-called experts in this sport that, you know, we're all, oh, I don't know why Stuart Haas Racing switching the Ford. It's going to be a horrible season for them. Oh, yeah, right. Harvick puts it on the pole in the second race. They were very fast last week at Daytona as well. And they haven't missed a beat, but they also seem to be picking up all of the Ford teams. Yes. Because we're even seeing the Roush guys faster. So mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Well, and and I think it was a case of Ford approaching Stuart Haas. It wasn't like Stuart Haas was like, oh, you know, we, we let's leave Chevy. No, Ford gave them an offer they couldn't refuse. And it, it's, it's Ford's way to step up. Um, you know, they're spending all this money in NASCAR. They haven't won a manufacturer's cup in like 15 years. They haven't won the big races. And how, you know, how many times have we gone down to Homestead, their event, their, you know, their, their logo is plastered all over the place. And, you know, they, 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 they seem to very rarely ever come out on top. And then you had last year, Toyota. I mean, if, if, if I'm Ford, you know, like around May of last year when I'm sure things were, you know, things are getting hot and heavy and, and they're looking at Toyota, they're thinking, geez, I mean, at this point we're also rands. So, I mean, I think they, they figured, well, if we're going to stay in NASCAR, we need to step up. And it, it's, it's certainly paying dividends early on. Yeah. They're with a great team. Now it's Stuart Haas and having the Penske one, two, uh, work, you know, to their favor. So, like I said, the, the biggest surprise to me, Ricky Stenhouse starting in the second row. Yes. I can't remember the last time that that guy started that far up in a race. And he even had a, a fairly decent qualifying effort uh, by Trevor Bain coming in. Uh, he'll start 15th tomorrow. So, you know, it, it's a case where maybe we're going to see all of the Ford teams improved because now they've got more data to share. I don't know. Um, one thing for sure, though, is the Harvick is bad fast. He's been fast in every practice. He's been just looking like that car is on rails. So I would expect him to be a, a big competitor to uh, to beat uh, each and every week um, the rest of the season. I just I think he's going to have a super season. 
you know, we, you mentioned Daryl Waltrip before, and it's, you know, I, I hate beating a dead horse here, but, you know, you, you know, like I said, it really bothered me when he's saying, you know, like, you know, well, I don't know about Stuart Haas going forward. I mentioned on the show, you know, last week, I said, you know, th- this t- they, ha- they have a Formula One team. They're looking for engineering help on the Ford side. That's one of the reasons why they went with, you know, Stuart Haas. And, you know, I just, not not to blow more smoke up uh, Jeff Gordon's butt here, but, I, I mean, he has really, really stepped up. I mean, uh, some of the things he, you know, and, and it, it's unfortunately it's become, you know, Jeff Gordon, I, I guess – I understand you want a little bit of differences in, in the booth and that. So DW is kind of like your, you know, your funny uncle and Jeff Gordon is, I mean, he, he's, he's delivering some real interesting stuff. I mean, it's just, I took some uh, uh, notes yesterday during qualifying, you know, it's just, just little stuff, you know, like the car is taking a bite off a of turn four, you know, they got to kind of hook the car and he went into detail how important that is during qualifying you know, little tidbits like that that really make even something as boring as qualifying can be interesting. You know, and then he was just even he, when he's talking about the you know the cars going through the corners real low, and you know what what they do is you know like if you ever gone to a qualifying whether it's short track racing or what, usually the 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 car but prior is coasting into the pits. And he says, yeah, it always made you know you, you mentioned how it always made me nervous. Jeff Gordon speaking. You know, when you're trying to, you know, keep your car real low and there's that car coasting in on the inside, he said it was a distraction that, you know, for him, he just didn't really like. And then uh, just simple stuff like running in Atlanta, you know, running with a clean, a clear shield, you know, visor, you know, racing into the sun. And he's talking about, you know, differences, that, which DW has mentioned before, but I just thoroughly enjoy Jeff Gordon and what he brings to the broadcast. Yeah, the big difference, and and I'm a big Daryl Waltrip fan, so you'll never hear me say anything bad about that man. I enjoy everything right down to the boogity, boogity, boogity to start every race. But Jeff Gordon just got out of the car. Yeah. Okay, so he knows how these cars handle. That is handle, true, yeah. And he's, he, and he's also just a brilliant stock car racing mind, so he also knows how these cars are going to change handling with the smaller spoilers and all that. More than Daryl Waltrip does, Jeff Gordon's performance on TV has been one of the biggest surprises to me. I expected him to do okay, but I didn't expect him to be this good, and I didn't expect the three of them up in the booth to mesh as well as they have. I really enjoy the threesome up there uh, doing the the broadcast on Fox a lot uh, because Daryl Waltrip... um, and, and Jeff Gordon, I, I was wondering if we would have this trying to top each other with comments thing, but they seem to play nice together, so that's good to see. It is. And what's the latest at Race Talk Radio? Race Talk Radio featuring some brand new stuff coming up uh, starting this week. The return of Couch Put State Corner on Tuesdays. We'll be bringing you an interview with a young racer out of Remington, Indiana, by the name of Sarah Elrod. Great story. I know who she is. Yep. Next week. Yeah, Sarah's a, a terrific talent. And also uh, some other interviews that we'll be featuring uh, throughout the week. And also, Mr. Mike Harper has been uh, dazzling us with some great articles. So check out the articles. Check out the online features. And Lori and I will even have a teaser every Friday now to get you ready for the final inspection as well. 
so we're we're just uh, kind of ramping things up as the season gets going here at Race Talk Radio, and of course the uh, Sunday evening home of the Speed Freaks online as well. And just a follow-up from last week, we all picked our, our we all had our guesses for who's going to win the Daytona 500. All of us from uh, Bill Michaels in the afternoon, the Sparky, the NASCAR girl, Summer Santana, every, we had a bunch of people in there. I think we had 12, 13 people take picks. Nobody had Kurt Busch. <laughs> yeah, and I think we all wrecked out, too. I think so. so that was, it was, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is on, on, the, uh, on the Yahoo racing game, the only person I'm ahead of in our, our group is the guy who didn't put picks in. And, and I'm, I'm thinking I might even be tied with him. So well, that's, uh, that was a pretty sad start to the season for me. I tell you what, we'll we'll post that we'll we'll post a link again if if you could do that for me, Dennis. We'll repost a link on the final inspection page on Facebook, and we'll also tweet it out if anybody wants to join our Yahoo League, started by uh, John Wiedemann at RacingNation.com. Feel free; it, it it's a fun league that you can join. And like 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 you know, even if you miss the first first or second week, there's more than enough time for everybody to catch up, and you can still win individual races. And we'll might even give you a shout out on the air. So. Please feel free to, to join our Yahoo League. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Dennis, it's always been fun. Uh, we've been chatting with Dennis Michelson from RacetalkRadio.com on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We'll talk to you next week, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dennis. And it's time now for a Sports Flash with Matt Barlow. Welcome back to 105.7 FM, The Fan. And I tell you, folks, it's time to talk some NASCAR. This is Dennis Michelson along with Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com here for your NASCAR fix on the final inspection. And Laurie Monroe, what a crazy Daytona 500. I don't know if that was the best Daytona of all time, but it sure was the strangest. Oh, I'm sure somebody thinks it's the best Daytona of all time. The carnage last weekend was ridiculous. And I'm talking all three of the series. I uh, I was disappointed at how much carnage there was. The fact that, what was it? I guess the Xfinity race. Oh, boy. It, it took four and a half hours of sitting there viewing. And I'm not even really factoring in the, the pre-race stuff. That went almost longer than the Daytona 500 itself, just because of the carnage. And I just, I'm sitting there watching, thinking, you know, they want to attract younger fans and the the hip people that have the alleged attention span of a flea. They're not going to sit there for four and a half hours like us, you know, geriatrics. And the weird thing is, is this was like the worst stereotype of a NASCAR fan only tune in to watch the wrecks. You know, it was the, <laughs> it was the perfect illustration of that. So if there were any first time viewers of NASCAR this weekend, that's not how it always goes. Sometimes they don't wreck. It's, it it's, might now though. It's hard to believe folks, but every once in a while they actually race without wrecking. Although <laughs> these new rules that they have put in with these segments, I was a little bit shocked at how hard Joey Logano was trying to win the first segment. I know. it, But look at the truck race. And who was it? Crafton, I guess, won the first two segments or something. 
and crashed out in the third segment. And that guy is still second or third in points because of the points he earned in the first two segments, one in the first two. So, you know, we're seeing this unfold and we're actually seeing how this whole point strategy is going to play out. And, you know, NASCAR is getting what they, what they have tooled for us fans. They've got this bunch of desperate drivers for the, for the almighty point, which, you know, I guess, you know, you, you got to race for something. So you're racing for these points and you're just going to see a little bit more desperation with some of these guys. And even if it's only 10 or 15 or 20% of the racers out there who are racing in desperation, that's enough to cause mayhem. And my God, I, I've never seen as much mayhem in my entire life as last weekend. Did we learn anything at all about these new rules at Daytona? Or is it so unique because it's restrictor plate racing that we really didn't get a clue of what's going to happen the rest of the year? I just don't know. You know, Daytona has its own set of uh, variables every year anyway. But uh, I really don't know what we learned. Too many guys got took out in this race. The thing I did learn, though, was, again, this whole points deal. I did not put as much merit on these bonus points and drivers wanting to get them and how it would pay off, like the crafting deal, as what is going to happen. And, you know, these guys, the, the crew chiefs, they're going to they're gonna sit and they're going to, you know, do the Ryan Newman thing and figure out with their, their NASCAR abacuses what you have to do to get maximum points and what you don't have to do to get maximum points. These guys are going to be working the system somehow. One of the things we did see this weekend, because last week you mentioned the refuse to lose special of Jeff Gordon's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the 1997 win. And I got a chance to watch that this weekend because they replayed it over and over again throughout the whole weekend, uh, as they should, because it was so fantastic. I was amazed that that was just 20 years ago. It is it is so crazy how many changes have happened in just those 20 years. And I have to admit, I'm watching the results after Daytona and seeing penalties for missing lug nuts after watching the Refuse to Lose show where they're showing how they cheated the car up and snuck it through inspection. Yeah. I miss those days of innovative yeah. crew chiefs. See what I mean? You come away after watching that show with even a deeper appreciation for guys like Evernham. Like, that was incredible stuff. And I just love the fact that he had film rolling and chronicled all this stuff for us. And you say you can't believe it was just 20 years ago. My God, you say 20 years ago? It seems like an eternity ago. It's crazy. I, I can't believe where the time's gone. Kind of crazy in that video to see a young Chad Knaus just as one of the guys. You know, oh, just yeah. that one of the was crew guys. Fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was a very good show. People need to watch that. Yeah, I, I'll admit I want to watch it again. That's how good yeah. this was. I, I'm sure. Well, that's it's what a- I said to you. I said, I got to see this again because it's going to be one of these shows that every time you watch it, you're going to start seeing things that you kind of missed before because I'm sure you were the same. You're just sitting there in awe thinking, oh, my God, see the footage of Earnhardt you've probably never seen before as well. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely oh, yeah. incredible to see the interaction between these guys because – we don't even get to see that anymore because nobody no. plays like that together because there's always a camera running now. 
Sure is. It's crazy. Well, it is that time of the show for our favorite game show of the week. It's called the Weird Headline of the Week Game. Are you ready, Lori Monroe? Oh, a game. Do I need like a special chair or something, a special hat to play this alleged game? You very well might. But uh, the rules on this game this week are very simple. rules too? Very simple rules. I give you you three headlines – and you get yeah. to pick the most absurd headline of the week and then tell us why it's absurd. Did, did you write any of them? Oh, <laughs> no. This week, no. Uh, this week, I uh, this week I am not included. But number one comes from Luke Meredith from the Associated Press, who wrote, Landon Castle seeking breakthrough in 2017. That's not to be outdone because number two is from SB Nation. Jordan Bianchi writes, why were there so many crashes in the Daytona 500? And number three contender comes to us from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Mark McCarter writes, NASCAR's new wrinkles could use some arning. Lori Monroe, which wins for weirdest headline of the week and why? Well, I actually like the last one about NASCAR's new wrinkles need some ironing. I think that's actually a really good headline. But the the second one, well, I don't know. The first one about Landon Castle. Say it again. Landon Castle seeking breakthrough in 2017. What the heck is this breakthrough going to be? How can he have a breakthrough? He's racing for the same team, isn't he? So what are they talking about? I don't know, but that's the one that I picked. That's Is that bizarre. your winner? Is that your yeah. winner, too? Yeah. Yeah, obviously we're on the same uh, sort of semi-wavelength. Yeah, in order to have a breakthrough season, you have to change what you're doing that year. You have to be with a better team. Because as we've seen in NASCAR lately, it doesn't matter. We don't know how talented Landon Castle is as a driver because he's never had a great drive. He's never had a great piece of equipment to drive in the cup level. And we haven't seen him enough in the Xfinity or Truck Series in quality equipment to know how good he's going to be. So how can you have a breakthrough? I just... Anyway. Well, maybe it's maybe he's not referring to on the track. That's always a possibility. <laughs> that is he went always up to the drive-through at uh, at Burger King, and uh, and there was a breakthrough at the drive-through. Ooh, maybe he drove through the drive-through yeah, window. Maybe he drove through the maybe there's a breakthrough, breakthrough at the drive-through, and he drove through. Oh well. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's just awkward. But I'll tell you that third title. I, I like the ironing of the wrinkles. I think that's pretty good. That's a very unique title. Yeah, it, I would read it. If you're talking, if you want to do the clickbait titles for the articles, I would have read that one. I would have. The Landing Castle, not so much, because I'm looking thinking, really? Yeah. Exactly. And then the second one about the why so much uh, carnage or whatever it was. Like, yeah. You can't figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Because it was Daytona. Hello, number Jordan. One. Yeah, number uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All righty, folks, it is time for our second most favorite game show here. It's not a game, okay? We're not playing games. These are just things. 
They're not games. It's time. I don't get a a prize, Michelson. This is very true. It is time for still blowing. Well, maybe you'll get a shiny new pine cone. Who knows? (laughs) But it is time for our still blowing. Lori Monroe, tell folks how this works. Yeah, every week we blow up somebody's still, just the way they did it in the old days when you were making moonshine out in the hills. Someone would come along and blow it up because they didn't want you doing it. We do that with something, some event, some person, anything that irked us over the last week. And you can too. You can send us an email if you go to racetalkradio.com. You can find our email addresses there and you can send us a suggestion as to what still has irked you that you want to blow up so much. So anyway, that's how we do that. And so I just keep cabin. going and tell you what I want to do? Yes. This is I'm the irked. time to share your still blowing with the public. I'm so irked. I just, this whole, again, and I, I could probably do this every single week because I don't think I'm ever going to unirk over this. I am lighting a fuse. I got to blow up Carl Edwards every week for the rest of my life because he is at Atlanta dressed in team colors, which is basically a black shirt. Coaching Daniel Suarez, this guy that walked away from the sport, hanging it up, got other things to do. You know, this is like being lactose intolerant and hanging out at the Dairy Queen. I don't get it. I'm so confused. I, uh, I, I just don't believe a damn thing that's going on with Carl Edwards right now. You just got to go ahead, blow him up. Well, he got out of that ride because he didn't want every one of his weekends to be taken up by this thing called NASCAR. So what's he doing? Hanging out with NASCAR stuff. Yeah. Well, because he hasn't become senator for the great state of Missouri yet. Well, then go out campaigning. Go knock on doors, kiss babies. That is a... Very good contender. Well, I have one as well. Okay. And it's NASCAR's new playoff points graphics. Have you seen these yet? Have you seen these yet? Remind me of what they look like. Maybe I have. Maybe they've affected you more than they've affected me. So for many years, we've had points, wins, top fives, top tens, right? That's kind of the way they show us the statistics for the year. And they even have the new graphics here since the dawn of the chase that shows a guy that is, you know, in that chase 16 driver group and all that kind of stuff as the wins rack up. Well, they've got a new graphic now that shows stage wins and it shows playoff points earned we're not even to the playoffs but of course these guys are getting these playoff points for winning a stage or winning the race the transfer over so now they have playoff points i thought the whole idea when nascar came up with this chase oh i'm sorry we're supposed to call it a playoff system now yeah we're not supposed to call it a chase. I forgot I got the memo. I just tisk, tisk. ignored it as usual. They said they were doing this because they wanted wins to be all that matter. Yeah. And now points are, again, all that matter because you've got <laughs> the points for the season that get you qualified. And then you've got the playoff points that get you qualified. And they're treating stage wins almost like they're as equal to a win Yeah. Win. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm just confused by it all. 
So, Lori Monroe, which yeah. one of these stills needs blowing this week? Well, since yours involves mathematics, I'm going with Carl Edwards. I'm going with my own. And I'm this being greedy. Week, this week, I'm going to agree with you without any argument or debate. Because it bothers you too, right? It really does. You know, it's... You know, that to me is, it's a nonsensical thing. At least the, the points, uh, this new graphic you're talking about, they got to keep track of it somehow for everybody. You know, yeah, they got to give Chad Knauss the, a leg up on trying to, to get one over everybody. So put this graphic out there. Everybody can see exactly what's going on. But the whole Carl Edwards thing, this is like a shell game. Who's well, going to show up this week? Oh, look, it's Carl Edwards. Where if, did he come from? Oh, he rolled out of Missouri somewhere again. Stay if home. Had, if he had just said when he had his press conference, I'm just stepping out of the ride. And had not said to do other things that I want to do. Well, you can't do other things you want to do if every week you're at the NASCAR race. <laughs> well, because- it's confusing to the fan. I I would be so I I'm I probably said this a hundred times. I like all these guys. I'm a fan of everybody. I was a fan of Carl Edwards. I cannot imagine how you would feel if you were the raving crazed fan with. Carl Edwards tattoos and stickers and jackets and T-shirts and hats. And you name your dog Carl Edwards. You named a girl named Carlina. Your dad's name is Carlos. All that stuff. How would you feel if your driver said, I'm hanging it up? You'd First, you'd be in rehab because of that. Next thing you know, he's hanging around the track again. Just throw a leg in the car, Carl. Drive the damn thing. Just so drives cool. me crazy. So for Carl Edwards, it's time to blow it up. You're listening to 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the final inspection. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. And I got to tell you, Lori, it's time to hit the old NASCAR news and of course, Kyle Busch last weekend at the Daytona 500. I don't think he was a big fan of the Goodyear tires. Uh, and Goodyear this week said they're continuing to examine his tires to find out what went wrong. This happens every year. Everybody's uh, Somebody always takes umbrage with the tire manufacturer and very vocal about it. And then Goodyear says, oh, we're looking into it. This is, this is not new. This happens all the time. But usually, don't they come back like a day later and say, oh, that was just a puncture. Or this was, you know, whatever, under un- inflated tire or whatever. I don't know if almost a week later... They're mm-hmm. still saying they don't have a result. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, this is, it's like the crying wolf thing, the whole Goodyear tire deal. It really is. Also, there, in there, the... You're not going to have super consistency with every single tire that's ever made on the face of the earth. You're going to have the odd thing that goes haywire, and sadly, this happens now and then in racing. They're racing tires built by people. There's going to be an occasional failure. Yeah. I saw a show that showed how they do uh, make racing tires. Just fabulous. Interesting. Pretty cool to watch. Also in the news, Martinsville Speedway. They tried out their new lights. What do you think? The oldest Uh, track with lights? This is funny. I, I was on Facebook 
and I saw where they were going to do this uh, flip the switch on Facebook Live. So I actually watched some of it, and that was really cool. I guess it's all LED lighting, so it's a little bit less uh, less expensive to operate, but uh, it looked fabulous, and I don't think there's a, a race scheduled yet, but um, there will be in the future. I think it's great. Why not have the the possibility if you got a rain delay you've got lights it takes away that whole problem with uh having to carry over to the next day i think Love it's it. fantastic the lights don't take away from this if they're going to put lights at martinsville speedway it means they're not planning on closing the place down anytime soon either yeah. how true is that yeah great to see and speaking of martinsville but also watkins Glen in the news it's going to be a one-day show for the Cup Division. Cup will qualify and race on the same day. Pretty shocking to see that news. That is kind of interesting. I had heard that they were considering doing some stuff like this, and I didn't know that they had actually gone ahead and announced it for the Glen, but uh, that's a pretty good deal. You know, one lap around the track should be enough for any qualifying session as far as I'm concerned at that place. Just do it, get it over with, run your race. Snip the grass, watch the deer, and go home. It's going to be interesting, though, to see because you're getting your practice time, your qualifying time, and your race all in one day. We've seen it done many, many years in Xfinity and truck races, but I can't remember Cup ever doing that. It'll be very interesting to see. Absolutely. Also in the news, NASCAR reporting that track admissions fell for the ninth straight year, down 7.6% in 2016. This uh, coming on the heels of that article in the Wall Street Journal about the uh, shrinkage of the sport. Is this more bad news for the sport or is it sort of just adjusting to a new normal? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, you, you don't like to see the numbers down. Next year, they could be double to the good. I don't know. Who knows what dictates why the people come and why they don't come? Not a clue. And I'm not really sure I understand the statistics as they get fed to us anyway, because the Monday after the Daytona 500, the headlines were that viewership was up 7%. And then a day later, they came back with stats that said the viewership was at the lowest level it had been since, you know, about 11 years ago. I just get so tired of the news that we get fed nowadays because I'm not sure what to believe anyway. I know. It's like when you want to get a quote on somebody doing drywall or something, you just have to figure out what you think it's worth and then double it. So this whole thing about attendance and ticket sales and stuff being up or down, when they say it's going down, that's not a good thing. But they're probably not even telling you how bad it really is. So I would just double whatever they're saying. Probably was It was probably the attendance from hell. And I'm not sure if it was definitely the revenue from hell, though, either, because we see some tracks, they might get fewer fans but they're selling more upsells to them to be down on pit lane before the race or to be taking a tour of this or that facility uh, before the race. 
So I'm not sure what the revenue, absolute revenue is doing. Maybe the actual admissions attendance uh, numbers are dropping, but maybe the tracks are still doing good. I haven't seen anybody closing down, and I haven't seen NASCAR putting up a sign you know, that, that said, we'll race for food yet. So I, I think we're a ways <laughs> away from having a severe trouble in the sport. But it's still not the best of news, but it's still the big 600-pound gorilla in racing. It's still much stronger than any other racing series out there. All right, Laurie, also news in the social media world because people were in an uproar this past oh. week because they discovered something. What did they, they discover? Dis- well, they discovered that on the Hendrick, or should I say Hendrix this week and really no. get you ramped up, the no. Hendrick Motorsports uh, website, that the pictures yeah. of the cars that they were showing and also the pictures of the cars that they were promoting for this week heading to Atlanta, when they were showing them on social media and on their website, the Monster Energy logo was nowhere to be seen on the front of the cars. In fact, they had the driver's names on the front of the cars, which isn't what's happening when the cars are on the track. Monster says they're fine with it. As long as they follow the rules, when the cars are on the track, they don't care. And the er, there is a backstory to this. Apparently, Monster has a uh, beverage that competes head-to-head against Mountain Dew. Can you believe that fans were that clever that they noticed that change on the website and on social media to bring it to everybody's attention? If it's something available to complain about, they will notice it. Hands down. They'll find the needle in the haystack, you know, even if they all got white canes and German shepherds. They will find it. Trust me. So true indeed. Well, it is Atlanta Motor Speedway. This weekend for all three series, Lori, who is your pick to click in the Cup Series this week? I am going with uh, a guy driving for a team that does not seem to have missed a beat whatsoever, changing manufacturers. I'm going with Kevin Harvick. I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr. Those are our picks, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the NASCAR segment here on the final inspection. More with Steve Zotke coming up. You're listening to 105.7 FM, The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.